You know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You just put your lips together and blow. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy weekend to you, wherever you may be. I'm Gary Mans. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. And we are Manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour. Lucky for us, hopefully fortunate for you. We have some good stuff to talk about today. Let's say hello to Nathan, tall guy Nathan at the board. How are you today, sir? <laughs> I think I know why Steve was having a hard time whistling. He had his mask on. It's really hard to whistle on these dang things. I wonder, I wonder if Nathan has this material prepped all week. He's just waiting for it. In fact, if that's the case, nobody was happier about the relaxed protocol coming from the CDC than him. Nathan he can Miller. let go of that yes. mask finally. That's right. Well, nowadays it's like, can we have our mask? Can we not have our mask? Because they just are talking about changing the guidelines where if you're fully vaccinated, you won't need to wear a mask. I still think you need to wear one wherever you are, even if you're vaccinated or not. But times are changing. They are. Yes. That That's uh, wiser words were never spoken. <laughs> times are changing and we will have to figure out how to change with them mating dating and relating is changing and we're going to have to figure out how to change that too and for that we have the absolutely perfect guest for today well yes i mean when you go around referring to yourself as the passion doctor and that's your brand you're going to have answers to the kind of question that we are prepared to ask today in fact as pure conjecture when i was setting up this interview with dr adam Sheck. There, I said, I wonder if there's going to be such a thing as post-pandemic passion. <laughs> he kind of chuckled and said, I don't know. We'll have to see. That's an interesting concept. So we will work on that and no doubt other subjects in a bit of psychological and metaphysical Q&A because that's how we roll. Why don't you give the mad props today, Gary? I am prepared to do so. Dr. Adam Shack, a.k.a. The Passion Doctor, has been supporting committed couples to bring back the passion and reignite the spark in their relationships for more than 25 years. He supports singles as well in helping themselves to understand and change their relationship patterns so that they also can co-create healthy, loving relationships, first with themselves, then with others. Adam Sheck combines psychological and spiritual principles with a dash of Tantra to make it interesting. He's a man in the second half of life who is direct, humorous, and has enough Brooklyn in him to get the job done. And he will do so today in fine fashion. Dr. Adam Sheck. Adam, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for asking. And it's such a great thing. No one knows listening, but we get to see each other now. We're on Zoom, which is is the big... Um, gift and or curse of the pandemic, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. it is. That's exactly right. I did want to get one thing out of the way by way of a soft opening. We hear that phrase a lot, do we not? I can recall talking to a housekeeper at a lovely hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm -hmm. There, And I asked her to clear up a question for me. This was years ago. Suzanne and I were staying uh, just off the strip mm -hmm. there. And she was a friendly lady. We got chatting one morning. And I said, you know, I work at a radio station in Seattle where one person on staff is from the Bronx and all other boroughs to him aren't New York. 
And there's another man at the station who was from Queens. And to him, all other boroughs simply didn't count. They were insignificant. And I said, ma'am, where are you from? She said, I'm from Brooklyn. That's the real New York. Those others, they ain't New York. And so, Adam, <laughs> let's clear this up right now. Where exactly is New York? <laughs> well, I grew up in Brooklyn, and, you know, that was before it was popular. Uh, you know, now it's it's very chic, and uh, trust me, it was not uh, so chic and uh, and refined back then. It's all good. Uh, Brooklyn, any of the boroughs are fine. Uh, the rest of the world, you know. Uh, I'll, take the, I'll take the fifth. I've been living in LA for many, many, many years, and it's where I choose to stay. So, from the number one city to the number two city, which used to be Chicago, mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. is Los Angeles. And we have some good bumper music for you that we think speaks to romance, to the hotness that we all seek in our lives at certain mm -hmm. points, certainly there. And I realize, Suzanne, my mistake. I, if, if Adam is going to talk this way about his past and there is a sheer divide in a decision he had to make, we should have played Neil Diamond's I am, I said. <laughs> yes, that's right. We all come from somewhere, don't we? Mm -hmm. We it's do. I, go, ahead. go ahead. I was thinking of, uh, uh, you know, I'm an old folky at heart, believe it or not. I was thinking more of uh, Dylan's The Times They Are a Changing. Uh, Oh, which they uh, are. <laughs> there you go. That would have been good, too. During this pandemic, and as we are just beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel there, has it changed the nature of your practice as a passion doctor? What has been going on the last year with you and your business? Oh, business has been booming. I can't complain there. The nature of it is it's it's been um, uh, through Zoom, through video conferencing, which I've done a little bit anyway because I have... Um, an international uh, clientele and, and some that are uh, out of state that we work with. And um, it's different, and yet I'm finding it's amazingly effective. So the work is effective on Zoom. I'm starting to reopen and see people in person in, in Los Angeles now that things are starting to open up. Mass conversations always interesting. But um, people are coming in two reasons. One is people that are coupled are... Um, in, have been in close proximity, closer than they're used to, with not a lot of escape in that, as well as if uh, a family with kids, even more uh, burden because schools have been closed, and, or at least in, in California that's been true, but schools are closed, and now the kids are underfoot all the time, impacting couples, in fact, impacting single moms, single dads as well, because now whatever energy they would have had perhaps to dating, to finding partners uh, is taken in and, and properly so, I'd say, with, with taking care of the kids. We want to find a balance, of course. So a lot of changes. And now uh, I was thinking 60s again, this may be the summer of love. Oh, interesting. Oh, well, how fortuitous that you should mm -hmm. mention that, Dr. Mm -hmm. Adam Schack. Got a song you, for me? <laughs> well, <laughs> this song, I'm just going to rely on the spoken mm -hmm. word. Mm -hmm. there and uh, extemporaneously at that Suzanne and I were having our breakfast coffee anticipating your visit with us there and I said to Suzanne because she wanted to know well what do you want to talk about there's this idea of post-pandemic passion is that a thing or not could it be and I said I am curious enough about this whole concept to ask Adam and here we are you just got us rolling 
I remember going to the movies way back, it's circa 1970, whatever it was. And mm -hmm. I saw a film that I thought was entertaining and we would say today, very aspirational. To me, I just wondered if such a thing could possibly be. And the movie was called The Herod Experiment. Oh, Don Johnson before he was known. <laughs> there you go. The Herod mm -hmm. Experiment mm -hmm. and the idea. And in that mm -hmm. uh, movie, he seemed to have been rather a cocky sort. And so mm -hmm. I got to thinking about that, you know, and he had to learn his lesson about the meaning of love, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it right. still, I can still see myself watching that movie and wondering if there mm -hmm. is any future or at least the prospect for a return to intentional living, commune, kibbutz, co-op, whatever form it takes. Is there a Herod experiment in our future after we have had collectively around the world an encounter with a foreign bug that doesn't care whether we live or die as long as it propagates? Mm -hmm. Well, that is a great question. I was trying to think of something clever to say about the, the, the bug that doesn't care about us, but I'll skip it. I think the idea of commune, of community, makes sense. And I believe that uh, younger adults in their early 20s, mid 20s, are, are wanting more of that. I think kids, I call them kids, but I, you know, they're, they're wanting a community, they're wanting to live together with their friends and, and make um, a community. In fact, there, there's an experimental approach uh, I don't know if it's a condo uh, or, or apartments in Los Angeles I was reading about a few months ago where it's designed like a, a college dorm. Everyone has their own private room and yet, uh, and I think they get private bathrooms as well, but shared kitchen and dining room facilities. So you can cook with, with colleagues or friends or acquaintances on the way. So I think there's, there's something in us of, of, you know, we talk about herd immunity, but we're also herding creatures that are, uh, gregarious and want connection. We, we're seeking it out, whether from a one or a many. So for sure, I would agree. It takes something like a pandemic or some uh, very sudden traumatic event, I think, to be looking at yourself and perhaps reinventing yourself. And that's what I hear you talking about if people are going to actually live differently, if we are not going to live the way our great grandparents did and our grandparents and our parents, but now we're looking at living differently, mm -hmm. then this is, this is going to open up a whole new way of being a human mm -hmm. being. Mm -hmm. and, and it's kind of interesting to me that mm -hmm. you're talking about that because I've been very aware for decades, the shift that's going on between the number of people getting married and single people. And it used to be that there at least, at least two thirds of Americans were all coupled and married. And the yes. last time I checked in on that, it was about 50-50. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I was saying to Gary and doing our show, we need to be very mindful that half the people, half our listeners are in committed relationships and, you know, possibly married. The other half are single. 
And we need to just keep that in mind. So now if you're saying we, we do want to live together, we, we want to mm -hmm. share something, share meals, share some kind of living space, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it almost seems like the pandemic could be bringing about a radical new way of living if people choose to do that. Do you think that's on the horizon? Um, it it certainly is a possibility. I'm, I'm wanting to be optimistic, and yet I, uh, I know that change is a really challenging thing. And for some people, as soon as they have the opportunity to go back to the old ways, they will. Uh, ah. it's, it's, you know, um, there's a homeostasis, there's an equilibrium we achieve, and hopefully we have a new equilibrium that's a little um, higher order, a little better for our well-being as, as human beings. Because the truth is, some people have taken this last year plus as an opportunity to turn within and really yes. get to know themselves and and, yep. and discover. Uh, I've worked with a number of um, uncoupled people that really want to do it differently when the time opens up, which it's beginning. It's like, let me understand my relationship patterns. Let me figure out uh, why I'm doing the same thing different day and, and see if we can make a healthier way to do it. Others, they're just like coiled springs. They're just, you know, pushing back out as soon as, as the stops out there out and about and doing the same old, same old. So um, the short answer, uh, which is too late, <laughs> is nature abhors a vacuum. You know, right. Suzanne, nature abhors a vacuum. So we've created a vacuum or it's been created. When we open it up, everything's going to get sucked into it. If we don't deliberately, consciously conscientiously intentionally decide what we want to fill it with and i don't want to get you know too airy fairy or la on it but if we don't decide deliberately what we want to do with that time that place that change the old stuff comes back it comes from our unconscious and our unconscious we know is uh, built on protection and defense and keeping it safe a lot of people like like the the COVID. It's safer in some ways too. There's the fear outside. There and you go. I'm safe in my my little fortress. Well, interesting. You should say that. I was caught quite unawares a, a couple days ago when all of a sudden I'm seeing Dr. Anthony Fauci saying, "You can take off your mask indoors or outdoors if you are fully vaccinated, and the chances of your getting it or passing it along are minuscule." And I think my jaw dropped down. What? Now this seemed to me like a very sudden change. So mm -hmm. I have been, Gary and I have both been very masked up. When we mm -hmm. go to any store, we are mm -hmm. walking in masked up. So mm -hmm. what do I do now? You know, do I go to the grocery store and not wear a mask? Do I go to the store and wear a mask? And I think this is exactly what you're talking about. There will be people that throw mm -hmm. those masks off, burn them, throw mm -hmm. them away. That's right. it. That's right. over. I'm going back to my old life. But right. what about all the other folks? What about the people mm -hmm. who are hesitant? If they're mm -hmm. going to be hesitant to take off their masks, are they going to be hesitate, hesitating in wanting to get together with other people and be with other people and meet other people and date? Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So how does that Oh, my look? gosh. Oh, if I knew that one, I'd uh, have an app for that and um, uh, buy a place <laughs> at the beach. <laughs> but you're right. And I think the mask... Um, can be used symbolically as another protection. 
against intimacy, against connection, against being seen, against being visible. So that can can be true uh, on that. Um, yeah, I mean, you bring up the Pope political and it's like, who's telling the truth and who and what's what? Um, you know, I'm in Los Angeles. I walk the dog without a mask. I think I'm in the fresh air. I am not concerned if someone crosses by, if they're wearing a mask, I'll cross or I'll put mine on for a moment or uh, I'll just cross the street. But indoors, and again, you weren't asked my opinion, but I'll give it to you anyway. It's like indoors, go to Trader Joe's, whatever. I'm happy to wear the mask for 10 minutes while I'm shopping because it's indoors. It doesn't make sense. Am I going to go to a, a big concert this this week, this month? Mm, probably not. When the Hollywood Bowl by me in Los Angeles opens up, outdoor arena, maybe. But there's no need to rush. Again, it's that it's an impatience of I need to to get into this, and it's a hard it's a hard call, Suzanne. Because at yeah. the same time, and, and Gary too, but Suzanne's uh, doing the talking this time today, <laughs> which is great. I love to hear you both. Um, you know, uh, the last year has been a time where we've been developing new new neuronal patterns in our neural network. Our brain yeah. is making new connections saying yep. danger, meeting yep. people, dangerous, face-to-face, -face, yep. dangerous, Sp random, spontaneous, casual, coffee, dangerous. So now all of a sudden we have to uh, retrain and then acknowledge that it's in us there. There's gonna be a little hesitation because dating, <laughs> I think for a lot of people, dating feels dangerous anyway. Meeting people. You were people. talking, Gary, about judging people based on. Or forming judgments, yeah. or at least evaluating people based on their mm -hmm. attitudes toward the events and the, the stressful trends of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Specifically, if I were single, and that was a long time ago now, but mm -hmm. if I were single and I were. Uh, throwing myself into the dating pool, I would be paying attention to answers mm -hmm. to questions like, how do you feel about getting vaccinated? Because there are people who are strong proponents. I would say they're in the majority, mm -hmm. but you also have the anti-vaxxer movement. We right. know this. There right. are people who said, I, I have seen a woman there. She was outdoors eating at a restaurant somewhere near a beach. And mm -hmm. on national TV, she was asked about masks. And she said, I think there, there ought to be a big mask burning. Just burn them all. Mm -hmm. there, and I'm thinking, yeah. now, if I were looking for someone with whom to date, mate, and relate, it wouldn't be her because our mm -hmm. attitudes are right. just too different. I think right. that opposites can attract, but I don't believe mm -hmm. that polar opposites are necessarily people who will form a healthy relationship. So there's this evaluating going on, like, right. should I, shouldn't I, what's going to enhance the quality of my life mm -hmm. and what would prevent mm -hmm. that? Was there a question in there? Or was, no, was okay. there I'm just okay. having a conversation. You know, oh, that's cool. my, uh, Suzanne was <laughs> asking me about that. I run that through my head all the time. Yeah. What if I were a single guy and I want to get back uh -huh. out there? I mean, what, how yeah. would I handle that? Because there are some people I might be strongly attracted yes. to, but Absolutely. for that attitude. Precautions. Yeah. How right. cautious are they? What are their yeah. level of precautions? Or they're giving you a hard time. What are you wearing a mask for? What are you, a scaredy yeah. cat? Are you the type to live in fear? Yeah. So, I like to live. Um, true. Uh, again, what do we define living? It's having having some freedom. And again, I 
not taking sides, I would suggest, Gary, that yeah, COVID, it's like, have you, have you ever heard the phrase that money is an amplifier? Yes. Yeah, so for anyone listening, it's like one, one perspective on money as opposed to it's the, the root of all evil and blah, 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 is money is an amplifier. If you're a greedy, avaricious, um, ungiving person, you'll become even more greedy and more ungiving. If you're a loving, generous person, you'll have more to be loving and generous with. So it's an amplifier. And I was thinking about this this morning because um, uh, I figured we'd be talking and I, it just came to me. It's like, I, what if COVID is an amplifier? If you're a bad dater, is COVID making you more of a bad dater? If you're a, in a, if you're in a loving relationship like you two, is it helping you be even more loving and patient and, and kind and considerate? Because I've worked with a lot of couples this year that they're not used to spending that much time together without an escape, without other things. And it's challenging, even in the best of relationships, we all need some personal space. Everyone's a little different. I, I might need a little more, you might need a little less, but it's, is COVID an amplifier? I, I, I have not heard anyone suggest that before, but I like it. So you, you can use it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> people are having to make decisions now. I know a lot mm -hmm. of single people, they don't like the loneliness and they remember their bad experiences in other relationships, really the kinds of experiences they do not wish to repeat, but that's mm -hmm. the, the great role of the dice. If you're going to put yourself out yep. there, you cannot meet anyone who is not a fallible human and our fallibility. Mm -hmm. if, yes. If people have a problem with that. I always say, take it up with the manufacturer. If we are fallible, <laughs> we're fallible mm -hmm. humans, we yes. are going to make mistakes and we tend to make them <clears throat> with and at the expense of each other. So yes. if you can't, you can't handle that. Don't play the game. Well, that's what people do. They're, they're serial monogamists that get in, get burnt, take a week off, don't play the game. Then they're lonely. So they go back in again. They do the same rinse and repeat. It's, I agree with you. We are imperfect. We are fallible. I do my best and do my best to, to help the people I work with make new mistakes. It's like, we don't need to make the same mistake over and over year after year. Let's yeah. make a new mistake. Let's take a chance and do something a little differently and see, you know, maybe getting married after two weeks isn't the best way to find out if you're compatible. Right. You know, maybe it's okay in this one, hardly anyone, maybe it's okay not to, to have sex within the first week or two or three that you've met. Maybe you don't have to follow the third date rule and you can actually check in and see how do you feel? What do you want as opposed to what you're supposed to do? Maybe you can take a little time and, and get to know someone. And again, I don't want to sound old fogey and reactionary because I work with a lot of people that want to open their relationships and, and practice polyamory and, and consensual non-monogamy, which is, is a fine choice too. But let's do something different. Let's make some new mistakes. And I, I say that to, to you two, too. You two, go make some new mistakes. <laughs> Tell me all about it. <laughs> Whatever um, it is. The idea of, mm -hmm. um, you know, having a more uh, getting to know each other before mm -hmm. you hop in bed has come up mm -hmm. in two television mm -hmm. shows lately, both in reruns. One is Big Bang Theory and the other is Two Broke Girls. It's come up on both of those shows and it does kind of make you scratch your head a little bit where in the case of Two Broke Girls, 
-hmm. you know, Max Black, she wants to sleep with men without even knowing their name. I don't, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know who he is. I don't want to know his name. And mm -hmm. then, you know, the other gal on the other side is is completely the opposite. She wants to know them for a long time mm -hmm. before she has sex with them. And, mm -hmm. and so it's interesting to see those, those two talking about it and, and uh, you know, judging each other. You know, mm -hmm. one is judging the other as being mm -hmm. uh, too slow, too prudent. And then the second one is judging the first one for being too fast and loose. And, and mm -hmm. so it's interesting yeah. that there really isn't a right answer. There's only a right answer for you. In the moment, because the right answer for you today might be different in a year. It's you, we don't know. We, we make a formula and then don't give ourselves space to grow or, or shift. It's, it's, um, you know, psychologically it's, it's that black and white thinking it's all or nothing. Yeah, right. You throw out the baby with the bathwater, whatever cliches that we use. And that's true between hopping into bed and taking, you know, three years, uh, which most people aren't going to be that patient, but some might, um, there's a lot of gray. There's a lot of place to play in that and practice what's going on. And I think um, that's a choice we have again. It's a choice to see what do we want to do? Maybe I've waited too long. I'll jump in a little sooner. Maybe I jumped in too, too soon. Maybe I'll wait a little longer. Or it, it you know, took it took Sheldon and Amy at least three years. <laughs> that, that's really stretching it. Yes, that's true. And yet, on the same network in Two Bro Girls, you had someone who knew exactly who he was, Oleg. It's like, yeah, his, he goes through life by pressing his foot to the accelerator, and he doesn't take mm -hmm. it off. You know, mm -hmm. everything is sexual to him. So. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to go ahead and take our break now. We're coming up on the bottom of the hour. This idea okay. of black and white thinking, the self-limiting mm -hmm. nature of black and white thinking, I definitely want to take that up. And who okay. better to talk to than Dr. Adam Scheck, who, though we didn't put it in the mad props here, just happens mm -hmm. to be a graduate of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. So if you use scientific terminology, he's not going to turn white and faint in his chair. He's quite mm -hmm. accustomed to dealing with these matters. And he, I understand he knows his way around a Bunsen burner and a test tube, but that's a story <laughs> for another day. Well, uh, we will have, Adam mm -hmm. Scheck is with us. He is the passion doctor, and we have some more mm -hmm. questions for him. We love his answers and hope you do too. We'll take a couple of minutes break, then we'll be right back to Manson Mitchell, right here at the home of Alternative Talk in Seattle. I mean, this is where it happens, AM 1150. Give us a couple of minutes. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to mansonmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Manson Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is manceandmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. 
WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. I can't believe we have to make this commercial. It's ridiculous. You'll think it's ridiculous too. Listen to this. This commercial is about, well, it's about parents being rude at high school athletic events. Ridiculous, right? It gets worse. Studies show more than 75% of new high school officials are quitting because of bad adult behavior. So now there's a shortage of refs here in Washington, in almost all sports. No officials means no more games. Is that what you want for us? Come on, parents. It's time to grow up. Cheer for your team. Be proud of your children. But stop being so ridiculous. And don't make us run another commercial. Because we will. This message presented by the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association and the Washington State Secondary Athletic Administrators Association, reminding you to always practice good sportsmanship. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Mary Lee LeBay, past life regression therapist, to talk about the soul's progression and the role of our other lives in this life. On Saturday, medium Vincent Jenna returns to discuss aspects of the spirit world. And yes, he will be taking calls in the second half of the show. Bringing you mastery and mystery one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Simply like irresistible. I think those uh, women in the video <laughs> stopped moving abruptly. Yeah, I think so, too. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest, Adam Sheck. Uh, Adam, if people would like to connect with you, you have a website. And what are the various ways in which they can do that? Oh, uh, my website is thepassiondoctor.com. Uh, doctor spelled out passion the da, passion doctor.com. You can reach me there. You can email me through the website or at adam at the passion doctor.com. You can uh, Google me and find my phone number and, and call me there. I don't know if you want my phone number on this, but you can find it. Do you have, um, do you do webinars or Zoom things or anything? I do, I Zoom with people all over. I've not done any events the last year just because uh, there's been so much to do. It's like no right. time to market when the business is booming, uh, unfortunately, well, or for better or worse. But yeah, um, but I probably will get, again, what do we do post-COVID? It's like I will get back to real uh, interactions with people again and, and do some speaking and and it may be a combination of things. Mm -hmm. You know, Gary and I have been talking about the the some live, some Zoom. It may be more of a mix than it's been in the past. Yeah. Hybrid for sure. I know the schools are all looking, the universities are looking at that uh, to combine them. Uh, let me get a bit metaphysical here, Adam. Mm -hmm. Suzanne and I like to buy books that take that point of view. Some people would call it new age occultism, and that's okay. The unseen world. Yeah, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the mysteries of life. And one of them is contained in this book that describes personality. So it becomes a personality study, in effect, mm -hmm. based on the week of your birth. Now, this kind mm -hmm. of thing would get you laughed out of a classroom mm -hmm. <laughs> at MIT, and that's okay, mm -hmm. too. 
there. But as I read this book, lo and behold, it turns mm -hmm. out my birthday is September 12th. And it turns out that I was born during the week of the black and white thinker. So oh. you really got me going when you said that <laughs> black and white, black and white thinker. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I have to cop to it. Mm -hmm. I have tended to have the blinders on for most of my life. And it's been a real struggle and one of the principal mm -hmm. challenges of my adulthood to start to open up to shades of meaning and possibilities mm -hmm. and probabilities rather than fixed certitudes. Mm -hmm. All of that puts me in mind of someone th that I know very little about except the racy stuff. And that mm -hmm. is, uh, was it Edward uh, von Leeuwenhoek who gave us the microscope? Lewin so. Hook, he, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not going to get into the uh, the dirty details here, but the fact of the mm -hmm. matter is he had a whole universe open up to him. And he wrote about this, too, mm -hmm. centuries ago mm -hmm. when um, he was able to put his own semen under mm -hmm. a plate under a microscope and magnify it only to discover because he was curious about what that was all about. And what he found was there was a moving universe that suddenly was within his vision, aided by this primitive microscope. Mm -hmm. And that led to further developments like the concept that uh, Adam will be more familiar with and people like us, that, but something called Brownian movement. And that caused people to have a mental and even linguistic shift in the way they appreciated the physical universe, because instead of this versus that black versus white, you could have a state of being that was fluid with things yes. in motion that couldn't be described as being fixed realities precisely because they were moving. Mm -hmm. you got me thinking about all of this, Adam. Right. Well, there you go. You're, you're going to be a physicist yet. Cause I remember right. when, when I was in, in you know, uh, junior high school, high school, it's like, atoms, are they particles? Oh, maybe they're waves. Are they particles and waves? Are they everything, depending on what you think? I mean, it not that a relationship? And <laughs> is that she is beautiful? Yeah, she's beautiful. But today I don't like her. So she's not as beautiful as she was. It's the, the part, you know, the observer impacts the experiment. Oh, well, if we're going to go down that road, this is great. If we uh -huh. do, if we're going to talk in those terms, how do you land on this debate where the attempt, and it's a perpetually controversial one, the attempt to describe love in terms of the romantic concept, the free will choice, the interaction mm -hmm. of bodies and souls and, and constellations of emotion versus mm -hmm. the rather more prosaic explanation of love in the scientific mm -hmm. community, which says you're talking mm -hmm. here about uh, biochemistry, pheromones. pheromones, you're talking about chemical interactions that serve an mm -hmm. evolutionary purpose and keep the human mm -hmm. race going. And love mm -hmm. is how evolution accomplishes its work, including mm -hmm. the erotic side of love. It seems far mm -hmm. less romantic, but the scientists would say yes, but far more accurate. How do you feel? Uh, well, I think you're trying to suck me into the black and whiteness of it all again, Jerry. <laughs> I, I love science. I love big words. Uh, sometimes they make people think I know what I'm talking about. But again, if I speak it with enough certitude vis-a-vis -vis what you were sharing before, they know I know what I'm talking about. And I, I do my best to know. But yes, uh, double speak aside. Yes, we have biochemistry. Yes, when... 
we meet someone psychologically that has enough of those qualities that we grew up in, uh, connecting to love, whether they were positive or negative qualities, bam, we get flooded with serotonin and, and dopamine reward system and oxytocin, the cuddle drug. And yeah, we're doped up. Phenethylamine, uh, you know, that's in chocolate too, which is like speed comes up, our bodies endorphins and opiates come up. So you're on speed and heroin in this romantic phase. And you don't know if up is down and left is right. You don't eat. You don't eat as much. You don't sleep as much. Your baseline of sex goes up. You want it more than you normally do, until it wears down because the body can only do it. So yeah, that's going on. And we're more than physical bodies. If we have a uh, higher self, soul, spirit, whatever you want to call it, uh, it doesn't matter to me. If we're more than just the body. And that's my belief, just from having gone through enough people uh, leaving their bodies to say, this thing's just a carcass. They're not there anymore. She's not there. He's not there. Then that's true, too. And we want, need something more than just the biochemistry, because that lasts long enough for us to keep the species going. Is that a divine plan? Is that uh, evolutionary beneficial? Is it all the above? Uh, we'll all know when it doesn't matter. <laughs> what the truth is but regardless we still are these beings that are designed by something nature nurture evolution god uh, the universe designed to generate meaning so if there's no uh, innate meaning to events activities coupling interaction we'll give it meaning yeah. Our brain is designed to give it meaning. So why not give it a meaning that seems more glorious and more loving and more soulful and more um, eternal than this little, you know, inhale, exhale, that, that's this life of ours. I don't know if any of that answers any of your question, but it, uh... it does. And as <laughs> most of what you say uh, tends to do, it gets me thinking anew. When mm -hmm. I look at... Um... You know, I, I consider this something of a grand bargain that is offered by life. Mm -hmm. And whether we accept or reject the offer, we can't mm -hmm. stop it from being the pertinent truth. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. is, if in fact, and I've had to think about this in recent years too, because, you mm -hmm. know, I'm in my mid-60s. I, I, mm -hmm. I'm going to start collecting Social Security here in a few months. Mm -hmm. And when I, I look at my life, I ask myself, Am I okay? And ultimately, it doesn't matter whether or not I'm okay. That's for my comfort. But am right. I okay with the possibility that the end of my life as a creature in this biosphere mm -hmm. will come to an end? I know that for sure. And mm -hmm. if there's nothing beyond this, if consciousness is contained in the human brain and extinguishes like a blown out candle, what if that's the case? What if that's all there is? And then I say to myself, reassuringly, if that turns out to be the case, then I won't know that I'm dead. I'll stop breathing. My heart will stop beating. And that's the end of Gary. And if that's the case, that's not so bad because all of my, all of my guilty feelings, certainly all of my regrets, more over the things I didn't do than the things I did, frankly, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all of that will be extinguished with me. And I don't mm -hmm. have any more worries to worry about. If that's the mm -hmm. worst you can say about being human, that's not so bad after all. But there is this mm -hmm. little piece in my brain, this little trigger that goes off and says, yeah, but that's not really how it works. <laughs> mm -hmm. For one thing, karmically right. speaking, we don't get off mm -hmm. that easy. 
There are mm -hmm. consequences that, that carry on right. like our consciousness itself beyond mm -hmm. the grave, and that will mm -hmm. have to be dealt with in due course. Mm -hmm. uh, deep thoughts. I, deep, I deep lay thoughts. awake staring at the ceiling at night, Adam. I'm uh -huh. waiting for the melatonin to kick in so right. I can go to sleep and set down this burden of worry. You've got to help yes. me. I need an appointment. Oh, uh, that's I mean? fine. You, the passiondoctor.com, reach out. I'll do a consult. <laughs> what do we do when we're confronted with our own mortality? It seems to me a lot of people do their best to run pell-mell away from the question, but mm -hmm. inevitably it, it poses itself. It is the yes. ultimate challenge. These are the existential issues, my friend, that we all face uh, sooner or later. Uh, what about people? I have a dear, dear friend. Um, uh, I took her to the ER a year ago, February, because she'd become jaundiced, very healthy, yoga for 30 years, eats well. Took her to the ER. Uh, turns out she had um, cholingeal cancer, which she's still being treated for. Uh, around my age, lived her life. It's just the luck of the draw on that. And she's facing that. She's fighting with everything she's got and we're all there for her. But events come up that question that, you know, that could happen to a child, that could happen to a young adult. What's the meaning of life? Why are we here? What are we meant to accomplish or not? And, you know, sometimes our grandiosity, thinking we're more than a drop of water in the ocean, uh, gets the better of us. And we don't want to just be extinguished and that's all there is, even though that's a comforting, painless existence or non-existence. And yeah, who wants to reincarnate and have to do the same over and over again? You know, that's the hard path. Or there's the black and white, there's the heaven and hell, or, you know, they took out limbo. So maybe purgatory, it may be still around, but- No, so they took that out too, actually. Okay, <laughs> then it's, it's black and white and it's like, okay, you you know, what's that margin of error? It's, I don't know. <laughs> Do you take a poll to decide where you're going? Um, and I'm not trying to make fun of religion. Well, maybe a little bit, but again, um, everyone's entitled to whatever belief gives them the most comfort. And yes, as we enter the second half or the third act of life, we look at it when we, there's a, there's a period, and I don't know if this is anything anybody talking about passion wants to talk about, but I think it's passionate to, to look at, feel, there's a point where we stop looking at uh, how many days we've been on the planet and look at how many days we might have left. How many days we might have left. And if we're focused on that, looking at mm -hmm. the clock and the calendar, we're probably not making the best use of our time because it's nice to be able to inhabit the world in which you live, be it wide mm -hmm. or narrow, and do the things that help you to, going back to what you said earlier, Adam, that allow us to create meaning and then tell mm -hmm. the story yes. of our own lives as we are living them. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, there's it's nothing the more, there's nothing more acutely annoying to me and it sort of grates mm -hmm. on my soul if I'm going to be poetic about it than mm -hmm. having to mark time to being in a circumstance mm -hmm. where I tell myself well I'm going to wait for or I need to be mm -hmm. patient so that mm -hmm. when I'm not sure about the outcome anyway right so marking time so big a deal this last year a lot of people I'm just marking time till the vaccine comes I'm marking time till the world opens up. I'm marking time till I can travel to Europe. I'm marking time. And it's it's tough. And, you know, my partner's dad, uh, uh, he is um, 95. 
God bless him. He's 95. He still drives. I see him once a week. He drives over. I'm maybe five minutes away from him. And uh, boredom is the big enemy. He's used to being active and he's, you know, been stuck in his house all this time. And boredom, what do I do? I'm doing the same day every day. I'm not sure what day it is now, which I think many of us, you don't have to be 95 to have gone through that the last year. But, you know, it, it makes me sad thinking this is how you're spending, you know, maybe he's going to be here another five years, maybe another five months. I mean, who knows for any of us. But this is a hell of a way to, to look at the world in your last uh, meaningful time. So we have choices to make because... I remember I was a, I did a lot of workshops in the 80s in California when I came here to meet people and to maybe grow to, uh, probably more to meet people. And, uh, you know, they said boredom. I remember here, boredom is a high state of consciousness. Oh, did you lose me? Or, no, 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 we're listening. Boredom, no. You're good. Okay, boredom is a, okay, boredom is a high state of consciousness. It's like from boredom, you can create whatever you want. You can make things happen. So I think many people have been feeling that or antsy anyway, if not bored, being cooped up, claustrophobic, coiled spring, and are really um, seeking some expression of it now. Seeking some expression and one, hopefully, because mm -hmm. we all like to gain in life in various ways. They're Mm -hmm. seeking expression in a way that will bring us these gratifications, which are... (laughs) Where is this behaviorist in my head coming from that give us either primary or secondary reinforcers to make life mm-hmm. by our own lights worth living? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. that'd be true. You should have should have lectured at Harvard there with uh, Skinner and the rest. Yes, that's right. <laughs> who, put his, who put his kid in a box? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think you'd get away with that today. I'm just saying. Oh, uh, there's so much, uh, you know, Zimbardo couldn't have done the prison studies either, probably. <laughs> and wasn't that interesting there, the Zimbardo studies by which it, the uh, the nickel and dime version is that mm-hmm. he was able to, and of course that was part of, that was the essence of the study. He was able by pressuring subjects to actually consciously inflict mm-hmm. pain on fellow students during an experiment mm-hmm. where it was yep. one was the the guard one was the prisoner and mm-hmm. i think to zimbardo's dismay and certainly the dismay of his uh, students and colleagues who wanted him to mm-hmm. stop there right. uh, he was he was able to persuade experimentally mm-hmm. these yep. people to inflict pain with increasing degrees of severity which mm-hmm. caused him to wonder about how malleable conscience is, not just consciousness, mm-hmm. but moral capacity. Yes. In circumstances that the people who spoke Latin used to call in extremis. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. Look at war, look at uh, extreme regimes, look at politics, look at cults. How are we, you know, manipulated or people letting themselves be manipulated? Agreed. It is a tricky one. And yet now people want to know, how do I date? What do I do? I've I've been noticing that uh, I've been watching Bumble. I like the stock market is an interesting diversion for me during the last year because I have more time to to look at it. And, you know, I'm still here in in Hawaii, so it it hasn't been that uh, fruitful. But uh, Bumble stock, which was the new billionaire maker uh, dating app, 
uh, created, I forgot the woman's name, but she became a billionaire. The stock is way down. Are people moving away from computer dating now that they think they can go outside? And yet people were too busy to meet people. Maybe they're ready to slow it down. Maybe they're ready for old face-to-face um, -face contacts again. Uh, it makes me wonder because I'm certainly, whatever I am, I'm not an expert in how to meet people or where to meet people. People ask me that one and I go find a dating coach, go find somebody. Just I just say, join meetup and do something interesting. But you know, it's, how do you meet? I, I do wonder in post uh, pandemic, post pandemic, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what people, if the COVID is an amplifier, which I tend to agree with you on, and people have been cooped up for a year and all of a sudden the, the cell doors fly open. You don't need to wear a mask in or out, get your vaccine, go about your life. Right. I'm wondering if people will take some lessons from the last year and incorporate mm -hmm. them into their life are, have, have they, have they had their behavior amplified enough in the last mm -hmm. year to decide that something is either working for them or maybe not working for them. And this would be a good time to make a change. I would like to think, Adam, that for all of the suffering that people went through during the last year, and in some cases, real suffering with loss of loved ones. Yes. Now what will happen when people aren't dying from COVID and people are, they're saying, okay, now go out and you'll live your life again. Will we just keep living it the same way? Will we spring back to the way we always did things? Or is there a possibility that people will look at life a little differently? And I think for myself, I'm looking at life a little differently. I, there are times now we just turn the television off we will sit quietly. We're either on tablets, we're reading, or maybe just looking outside a little bit. Never used to do that before. There's an appreciation. We had the windows and sliding glass doors open and the birds were out there having mm. some kind of concert today. Mm -hmm. Many species of birds. We saw baby owl. There's just stuff nice. going on. And mm -hmm. it's like, can we keep this appreciation of quiet time? Can we keep mm -hmm. the appreciation of what's going on in nature with us and take that into our future so that we don't just spring back to the way things were? And, and that's, that's what I kind of look to with my most hopeful self is we've been through some bad times. What about what good times lay ahead and what does that look like for us? And what does that look like for us with regard to dating and relating to people? I'd, I'd like to think that things might be a little bit different in that regard too. It's a beautiful sentiment. And I like to think too, I think, uh, you know, it's a normal curve. It's, yeah. it's like there, there are people that were doing high risk behaviors are going to keep doing them. The people that are withdrawn totally are going to be doing them. And hopefully a few people or enough people like you and hope, hopefully Gary too and, and uh, some others will start to make a change and there'll be enough 
momentum, enough of a critical mass to, you know, move society a little bit better, uh, you know, I another like, step in the right direction. Yeah, I would like to think so. Yeah. Well, the middle, I think some of them are ready to shift a little, whoever that middle person, the typical person, again, it's not black and white. We're, the gray is going to uh, have a richer tone. Hopefully we'll, we'll go from black and white to grayscale and then uh, we can move from gray to color one day. That would be that would, not unlike Dorothy, who stepped from her uh, sepia uh -huh. tornado uh, inflicted mm -hmm. world there in Kansas and steps into right. another world that is as colorful as she could possibly imagine and thus steps into a new world altogether, complete with threats. It wasn't all goodness mm -hmm. and light right. and promise. There's still right. going to be the risks of life. I don't think we're going to evolve out of that anytime soon, but the game is still mm -hmm. worth playing. Mm -hmm. Well, I agree. That's that's the bottom line. It's like the playing field changed. They shut down the game for a while, or it went underground. You know, maybe it was the speakeasies. <laughs> you know, speakeasy dating. But now um, it's open, and we will see. I'm hopeful too, and that's I. I'm in the change business, so I'm hopeful that people want to change. It's not easy. It takes a lot of commitment. A lot of willingness to be uncomfortable because again our nervous system interprets change as dangerous anything new is dangerous it's it's triggers fight or flight again so I'm bored sitting around the cave but if i step outside there might be a saber-toothed tiger waiting to devour mm -hmm. me yep and we haven't <laughs> shaken <you> that <laughs> well it's you know it's we have to override it with this thing that uh on the good days is our friend yeah. That's very well said. Well, please, one more time, Dr. Adam Shack, let people know where they can reach you. And it's okay to use your phone number. They might want to give sure. you a call soon. Okay, sure. Adam Shack, thepassiondoctor.com, doctor spelled out. Uh, Shack, S-H-E-C-K. If you Google me, you'll get a couple of dozen pages of all kinds of things I've written. If you want to see or some videos of me making funny faces while I talk. Um, and my telephone number is 310-968-1526. You're welcome to call or uh, text me if you have questions or would like to uh, do a consult. I'm happy to offer complimentary Zoom consults to assess for a good fit. Very good. Thank you, Adam. Dr. Mm -hmm. Adam Scheck, the passion doctor, always welcome on our show. Mm -hmm. And our next interview should come sooner because we, we need to stop separating your visits by such time. You never know in this life. So we better get you on quick. <laughs> but if you have a dad at 95, you're going to be around a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to, to meet with you guys and hear from you. Good. Thank Excellent. you. Mm -hmm. All right. Coming up next is Jupiter Rising. And we will be back next Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific at 11.50 a.m. in Seattle and 11.50 kknw.com on the live stream. Have a great weekend, everyone.